<laughs> you know what the hardest part of these podcasts uh, ends up being? It's not recording them. It's not editing them. It's not writing the copy for the show notes and uploading them. It's going back through and recording all of these intros because you get into it, you lose your train of thought, maybe you stumble on a few words, you got to start over again. Oh boy. Uh, welcome to yet another illustrious episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. This is the 22nd episode overall, and this is the third episode of the fourth season. My name is Kevin Prine. I am the host of this podcast, which is, of course, the audio extension of the award-winning music website, a dumping ground for all things verbose full of footnotes and references to things that only a small handful of people probably get. Uh, Anhedonic headphones, taking the fun out of music since 2013. Um, thanks for checking me out here. If you haven't already done so, you may subscribe to this charming podcast in all its glory in such popping podcast subscription places like Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, which is different from Google Music because that got shut down or something. I don't know. I keep getting notifications from Google about how the trash is changing in my drive, and I'm like, no, I'm still the same Google. I'm not changing. Um, anyway, uh, welcome to the program. Another episode, another illustrious guest, uh, another rollicking good time to be had. We uh, This was a, an episode recorded remotely using the Zencaster service. Hashtag ad, sponsor me, Zencaster, you know the vibes. Um, this was recorded with another old friend of mine from my college days, somebody who I have known for 18 years. We connected remotely and chopped it up for a while, talking about a hand-selected batch of tunes pretty diverse, covering a lot of ground, very exciting conversations had. So without further ado, uh, please welcome the guest for this episode of the program, Kate Johnson. So Kate. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Thanks Hi. for being a guest on the thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, and I'm really glad that we were able to try to get this to work because I remember last year I was, I had initially mentioned that I was interested in having you on the show and I was like, well, I don't know how it's going to work because you live in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. But thanks to the Rona, uh, now everything is being done remotely. So it, it kind of worked out here. So yeah. wel welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your night to do this. Um <laughs> I was because uh, I had your I had your sister Liz on the other day, and we are, I was reflecting on how long I have known her for, and I have known her for nineteen years, which wow. is a really which is a really long time. And if my math is correct, that means I have known you for eighteen years. Wow, that which is, is also very wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like you came to visit her at school and. We all went to see Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie. Unless oh, I'm, yeah. unless I, I was like, unless I'm making this memory up, and I don't think that I am. But yeah, I seem to remember you were visiting, and it was like a whole thing, and we went to it, and that was the first time that we had met. So right, uh, yeah, and that was in 2002. So, man, time sure flies. Yeah. 
Uh, so you are uh, one of, like somebody who I've known a very long time. You uh, were and are a music friend. And so you have selected 10 tunes yes. to chop it up about. Before we get into the tunes, the question that I have been asking everybody uh, this season on the show. And I mean, before we get into this, you can, I, I mean, talk a little bit about what you do if you want to. But I've been asking everybody how they're holding up during the pandemic. So I, and I know we've talked quite a bit on and off. But how are you doing, especially as of late, um, you know, headed into over 200 days of all this? How, how are things faring for you? Um, I'm doing all right. It's been a weird pandemic for me. I've been pregnant for most of it, which is new. <laughs> like I've never had, never been pregnant before, never... Uh, live through a pandemic before, do them both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's weird to be like personally happy at a time when everything is terrible in the universe. Yeah, that's gotta be wild. Um, And your baby is gonna be here probably before this even is like ready to go and on the internet because you're doing like a month. Roughly. Yeah, thanks- yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. baby. We're gonna make hand yep. turkeys. <laughs> With the with the baby's very small hand that you have to like hold down and like trace around with a very small crayon, that'll be perfect. I'm gonna try. We'll see. That, I I that's get him get him into the holiday spirit right out, right <laughs> out of the gate. <laughs> so you live in the country in Wisconsin, and you before the Rona, you worked in Winona, Minnesota, but you have been working from home. Yes. And you will continue to be working from home when after your child has arrived. And um, how is that going, by the way, doing like a like a university job when you are at a laptop or whatever? Um, I like it a lot more than I thought I would. OK, that's really surprising. And it seems like it'd be a difficult job to do remotely. But I'm glad that that's like not that's turned out not to be the case. Yeah, parts of it are difficult, and I think if if no one else was working from home, it would be much harder, but um, because most other people are also, although the students are there, so I I don't really know what they think about all of this, but. How are the students? Have they been, like, naked facing it up and going to wild parties and getting that Rona, or is everyone kind of... Well, behaving. judging by the numbers, they must be behaving because the okay. the case numbers are really low. So that's that's really that's well, really at least good. comparatively speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, before we get into the the tunes with the tunes you selected, was there a specific like what was the the order that they are in, are these in a specific order for a certain reason? Or is this just kind of how things fell together when you were making um, They're sort of in autobiographical order. Yes. Yes. So we're headed right to the fall of 1983 pile, aren't we? Exactly. Exactly. That's so good. Yeah. Another interview I did, This she did the same thing. And I was very excited about it. A trip through uh, going to hear Landslide and you didn't give it to that person for different for personal reasons right it's gonna be so good (laughs) 
clouds rolling in off the east river bank like a shroud it covers Baker Street fills the alleys where men sleep hides the shepherd from the sheep Voices leaking from a sad cafe Smiling faces Try to understand I saw a shadow Touch a shadow's hand On Bleaker Street First up on deck we have got Simon and Garfunkel with Bleecker Street. Yeah. So walk me through your, because I know you have always been really into folk music and Simon and Garfunkel. So at what age did you get into that? Or did you kind of find that on your own? And how did you, what, what, what is it about this one specifically? So my, um, my mom really liked Simon and Garfunkel. I remember okay. her telling me that she had the flu and, I think my dad brought her a Simon and Garfunkel record. Oh, that's a really charming blue present. Yeah, a really nice present. Um, But I didn't like all of the music that she liked, but I really liked Simon and Garfunkel. And so I've been listening to Simon and Garfunkel for basically my whole life. Wow. That's, yeah, I, um, and this is not one that this is, is this like a, would you consider this like a deep cut or is this, I mean, cause I, there are certain Simon and Garfunkel songs that people specifically uh, like are kind of synonymous with the name. Is this a relatively well-known one outside of that? Or is this kind of like a, a, a like an obscure song? I think it's fairly well-known, but it's not, okay. it's not Mrs. Robinson or <laughs> Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, have you? I hated for the longest time. You hated the song for the longest time. I hated "Bridge Over Troubled Water" for the longest time because it was the song that everybody knew by Simon and Garfunkel. What made you find? Oh, I like the other songs, the songs that aren't famous. Um, what at what what point did you come around on that and be like, Um, this is okay? I think when I was an adult and I realized that it didn't make me more interesting to dislike things that other people liked. <laughs> um, I sometimes wonder if I'm ever going to come. Like, I, I, I think I'm going to always be that guy at heart, despite my best efforts. But I, I, that's very admirable that you had a, like that realization that y- it was, it, y- you didn't have to be that person. Yeah. Do you do you listen to a lot of folk music like regularly still, or is this like a specific kind of mood that you have to be in, or is um, it like a type of year, like a time of year? Yeah, I would say this is kind of a an autumn album. Yeah, is this getting a lot of airplay right now? Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but big pensive autumn vibes. <laughs> But yeah, I listen to a fair amount of folk music and especially this era, this sort of early mid 60s folk music. Sure. sure. Yeah, I never like I mean, I appreciate this and I I mean, I know it was very groundbreaking and everything, but I never really got into 
Simon and Garfunkel that heavily or like the the early 60s folk music but I I mean this is this is really great like this is and it's obviously like a very like they were important and like there's a lot of other artists at the time who are really important um what other folk acts do you listen to or have like appreciation for oh um, um Peter Paul and Mary okay um they do a really good cover of don't think twice it's all right the bob dylan song oh i have not heard that yeah it's good because i don't really like bob dylan very much that but... is a hot that is a hot take and i hope people are ready for that that uh i would say it's a hot take because i also don't like bob dylan that much and i always get a lot of shit from people oh did you think that jacob dylan is the more influential of the dylans <laughs> um I literally ask this question of every guest on the show. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but time will tell. I heard a church bell softly chime. It ain't melody sustaining. It's a long road to read that paul simon wrote this song when he was 23 oh wow which i thought was kind of amazing and it made me kind of sad because i didn't do anything like that when i was 23 do you get that kind of remorse or like artistic remorse like that Um, yeah like how were you this talented when you were that young how old was he when he first like when they first started like when they formed um i think they met in college okay I think. Okay. So like early 20s? Yeah. Are you Googling? I hear Oh nothing. yeah. Okay. You're going to have like mad Wikipedia tabs open to give me all kinds of facts during this. Oh, yeah. They formed in 1956. Oh, wow. Oh, they, they grew up together. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Do they hate each other now? Or are they still like... I don't know if they still hate i know that there was a time when they kind of hated each other yeah because i there was like a reunion in the early 2000s i thought but yeah and there was a big reunion show i think in 1985 so i think it was the year i was born okay so you had like folk in your your blood the whole time like oh yeah the gates yeah um yeah Yeah, they used to perform as tom and jerry of course they did. And they had little crew cuts. It was very cute. Oh boy, as as was popular in the time. Indeed. <laughs>
And you know, I, man, this album is so good. It's been a minute since I've thought about this one. But so this is from, uh, is this, this is from 99, 1999. Why Does It Always Rain On Me by the Scottish outfit Travis. And how did you hear about Travis? And at what age? Um, I think I was about 13 or 14. Okay. Okay. I think I was a freshman in high school. Okay. Um, they were one of the first bands that I kind of like discovered on my own that I didn't hear about through like one of my older sisters or my parents or anything. Sure. Um, I think I probably first heard them because I used to go to the public library and just check out stacks and stacks of CDs and tapes and just listen to all of them. (laughs) And hopefully find something good. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was what we had to do back in the day. (laughs) In the dark ages of the, the 90s. Yeah. Um, that's wild that your library had this album, though, because I guess you also lived in a much larger, you grew up in a much larger city than I did, um, because I don't think the Freeport Public Library had a copy of a Travis album. Really? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I used to, did you, did you have cable when you were growing up? Yeah. Okay, did you ever watch 120 Minutes? yeah okay that was how i had heard of them the video the video the video for this song was on 120 minutes a lot and i used to um tape the show and then watch it the next day when i got home from school and i would like write down stuff to look into and this was an album that i checked i found it uh at a record store when i was probably 16 so yeah like it had, I think, maybe just come out in America or was pretty, like, a recent release here when I when I found it. And I, I really liked it. Like, the, the like the first couple of songs on this album are, are really impressive. Yeah. And are you, do you still, so what is it about this song specifically um, from this album that you wanted to include or why you wanted to include um, it? I like how melodramatic it is. Like, there's this part in the song where he says, I'm seeing a tunnel at the end of all of these lights, (laughs) which kind of sums up, like, how it feels to be, like, 14 and sad. I, you could also say that's what it's, it's like, that sums up being 37 and sad. Yeah, any age and sad, really. I, I understand that energy from, from your boy Fran Healy. Um, yeah. So do you still listen to, like, I mean, Travis actually literally just put out a new album the day we were recording this. And so, I like, do you still, do you still ride for them? Or did you, is, was this kind of just like a part of your life that you, like, grew out of eventually? Or, like, I, still? I guess I grew out of it. I, I heard this album first, and then I went back and listened to their first album, which I don't think is as good. It's I've not never... as, it's not as sad. Oh, okay. Well, it tries oh. too hard to be like rock and roll. I think. Oh, okay. Um, was it? That's like. Is that like ninety? Like that's probably like ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah. A big, an essential peak of Brit pop. Right. So I yeah I've never I don't think I've heard anything off of the first album. Um, it's just this one and then the one after it that I'm familiar with. Yeah, and then I felt like the subsequent albums that I heard they were okay, but they weren't. They weren't as good, so I kind of just listened to this one. No, I get it. I get it. Um, 
Yeah, I'm glad that they're still active. I guess I'm surprised that they've managed to they can like regularly put things out or still have like a, a following. But I think it's easier to do that overseas and be like dormant for a couple of years, but and then like a long standing like a legacy act and, and put out albums occasionally and still have people interested. But here it that I I think I don't think anyone is like a diehard Travis fan. I don't know. Right. Not like they were back in the day. I remember my friend and I were really big Travis fans and we used to go online and like on message boards, people would be talking <laughs> about Travis and like there were paper dolls of the band members. I didn't know that there was, like, was a whole, a whole subset, thing. Like, like a Travis forum. That's wild. Yeah. That's so great. Oh, that's so charming. And that's, such a, late, that's such a late nineties thing. Yeah. Message boards and using like dial up internet and and everybody was nice to each other <laughs> it was strange times have changed even when the sun is shining i can't avoid the lightning I was thinking about when I was thinking about this song was that at the time I I sort of separated music into pop music and not pop music but my conception of pop music was like there's dancing in the video and oh, the gotcha. people aren't playing instruments and yeah. then not pop music was like thing everything this? else yeah. and I like thought that I was superior because I listened to not pop music and now that I'm older I'm like no this is really good pop music it's just different pop music yeah no that's and this is something that you and i have kind of talked about is like the coming around and at least appreciating like big mainstream like pop pop music Mm -hmm. like travis is what i would call like contemporary popular music because it is like it is a pop song but it's like dressed up with like rock music instrumentation but it's catchy it's like infectious and and everything that you want a pop song to be, but it's also not like slick production and like drum machines and synthesizers and all kinds of stuff that you would, it's synonymous with the pop pop music of this era. Right. Yeah. That's, I, you know, at the time I never made that kind of distinction, but I had like made that distinction without putting like a label on it like that. I I think it was because I had a friend who was very into boy bands and like pop groups. Okay. 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 And I was always like, I like bands that where they play instruments. (laughs) I like real music. And it's all real. It's all real. Are you, are you, (laughs) that must've been an interesting friendship. Like (laughs) 
in terms of what what tunes you could listen to when you were around each other or like are you still friends with this person or have you like no we're not um i think we're facebook friends though I should I mean, ask her what she listens to now. Yeah, maybe be like, hey, I pop music was okay. And like, do you still ride hard for that stuff? Yeah. You know, maybe she's really into like not pop, like not pop pop music now. Maybe there's been a discovery and reversal. Who knows? Who knows? Did I ever think that at my age I'd be like 100% serious about like Britney Spears? Absolutely not. What a beautiful face I have found in this place that is circling all around the sun. What a beautiful dream that could flash on the screen in a blink of an eye and be gone from me. Soft and sweet, let me hold it close and keep it here. With me And one day we will die And our ashes will fly From the aeroplane over the sea But for now we are young Let us lay in the sun And count every beautiful thing We can see Love to be In the arms of all moving on and uh a couple of these like uh, your list uh everybody's list when they send me their songs i'm always fascinated by it because sometimes there's overlap and sometimes there's not overlap at all with what other people have picked your list has absolutely no actually no your list has one overlap with somebody who i just talked to earlier this week oh really uh, yes but so some of these songs i was very 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 familiar with some of them i was not so much so and so now we're getting to one that I am was like aware of and like, but I never got into this group. So yeah, Neutral Milk Hotel. Yes, we are like at what point in your like at what point in your autobiographical arrangement are we sliding into? Now? I believe this is freshman or sophomore year of high school because I discovered Neutral Milk Hotel on a file sharing website yeah. <laughs> because I was making a themed mix CD. <laughs> oh man. A themed Shout mix out. CD for my speech team. Shout out to file sharing. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace to Kazaa and Audio Galaxy and all the other ones that I definitely used uh, in college to cop all kinds of mislabeled MP3s. Oh yeah. Um, and you'd but wait yes. like eight hours. Yeah, yo. <laughs> uh yeah, the the download time on some of that stuff. And you like you start it overnight and then you get up the next day and you hope that it has finished. Um, right. But so you were you when you copped the song, what was the theme of the mix, by the way, for your speech so the, team? The theme of the mix, I was in this like large group speech thing, and so I was just searching for words in our little speech thing, and one of them was communist. Okay. 
And Nutrimilk Hotel has a song called Communist Daughter. And so yeah. that was the first Nutrimilk Hotel song I'd ever heard, which okay. is kind of a weird one. Okay. There was also um, there was also a band in Minneapolis that was called Communist Daughter uh, at one point. Oh, so I'm assuming I wonder they're if they're named after the song. Yeah, I bet that's a reference. So, but is that on this album or is that on the other the one the, the that's on this album before? too okay and so you just went right for this and were into it because i don't know like there's something about this that i just never could quite make that like get over it and get into it i don't know like i've tried and when i worked with kids when i was in americorps they all were really into this because it's all very strummy acoustic guitar and they were trying to all learn like imagine a room of like a bunch of dirty skater like goth kids who all have acoustic guitars and they're like 14 and 15 and they all want to play like neutral milk hotel songs on the guitar and they're, like, they're always like it was really cute but it was like always strumming and belting these songs out when i was trying to like keep them out of trouble right um, well i guess if, a- you're, if you're playing neutral milk hotel on an acoustic guitar you're probably not getting into too much trouble <laughs> They could be very wholesome and charming at times. <laughs> Those rambunctious teenagers. Um, I think I got really into it just because it was it was strange and it was different from other things that I have heard. Yeah, and the that's, fact that like, like a singing saw is a pretty key part of the band. Yes, it is. You don't hear that too often. No, or ever really. Um, Although but, that musician did put out an album of Christmas music on the singing saw. Oh, I bet that's kind of haunting, but also really delightful. I really like it. This would be like your early teens, like 15, 16, probably. Yeah. Ish. Okay. That is very like, I'm just impressed that you were embracing of something like this at that age, because like, I don't think I would have been despite even any kind of like pretentious, haughty leanings that I had for some music at that (laughs) time. I I don't think I would have been like yeah i will i will fuck with this neutral milk hotel so i that's that is uh that is impressive and so the title track from the in the airplane over the sea what is it about this one that put it on the list here um i really like the singing saw part of this song okay okay Okay. (laughs) and um 
yeah, I don't know. I guess this is probably my favorite song off the record, but it's hard because I usually listen to it as a whole as a whole yeah, thing. Isn't isn't it supposed to be taken as a whole? Isn't that kind of the point? Yeah, it's like a concept yeah. album. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen that picture of Paris Hilton holding this up? No. Oh, and it's not photoshopped, I don't think. There's a photo online. Um, it's Paris Hilton holding the and I don't know, I don't remember the context of the photo, but she's holding the CD and smiling. <laughs> And I've always thought I've always loved that's one of my favorite images from the internet is that is her holding it and smiling. Nice. Yeah. Um, anything else about Neutral Milk Hotel or in the airplane over the sea or your speech team? Um, nope, I think I think that's about it. Okay. Oh, okay. I also Our... discovered Pinback by making ah, that CD. Yeah, Pinback. I remember you were really into them. to elliot smith now yes which is uh i'm ha- i think aside from the, sh- the the one that i did where my wife interviewed me and i had picked music and she didn't listen to any of the songs ahead of time or had no idea what a lot of them were i'm just kind of like blindly asking me questions um i was i've i think i've been the only person who has picked an elliot smith song so you have picked um rose parade mm-hmm. from either or mm-hmm and how did you get into Elliot Smith? So I got into Elliot Smith. I think it was the year 2000. Okay. And I saw the video for Son of Sam off of Figure Eight on VH1. Shout out to VH1. Yeah, they used to play music videos. My <laughs> God, you know, I think about that a lot, actually. I think about, like, even in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the shift was to, like goofy programming like shows there was still room for videos yeah and now there's not so like that is not even that's not it's not a really thing. a thing anymore that, no people just watch so them that's, online that's wild that that was on vh1 yeah that's great so and then i remember i bought the cd of figure eight at best buy nice yeah yeah which was I, how much how much money have you spent in a Best Buy on CDs when you were oh, younger? Oh gosh, hundreds. Yeah, thousands yeah, I... maybe. <laughs> like all of my babysitting money. 
I uh I spent so I used to buy a lot of CDs at Best Buy. There's a Best Buy in the town next over to mine and that was they had a really good selection in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and it was like it was they were all It was one of the only places yeah. to buy music. Yeah. Now Best Buy there I don't think Best Buy has any tunes of any kind anymore. Probably not. Though I don't find myself in a Best Buy all that often. Um No. So, but you picked so you picked Rose Parade though mm-hmm. from either or. Um, is what is your is this your favorite Elliot Smith album or can you even pick a favorite Elliot Smith album? It's it, it's probably <laughs> currently my favorite Elliot Smith okay. album, but I don't know. Okay. I can't pick like an all time favorite. Okay. Um. So specifically though with Rose Parade, what what is it about this one or what? Is this your favorite song on the album, or what is this one? Uh... Yeah, it's, I think it's, is it the first song on the second side? Or, like, the I last song to, on the first side or something like I that? I would have to, like, get up and get the LP off of my shelf, and I'm not going to do that here. But yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me get on Discogs and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and see what it says. Um, nope, that's not it. Hold on. Anyway, yeah, does this... this I think it, it hits a really sweet spot for me of being sad and pensive, but it it's not like slit your wrist music. This is, you were right, this is the opening track off of the second side. Yeah, so that's what or, I thought. Yeah, that's how I remembered yeah. it. But. Yeah. And I, yeah. I had thought that it was a single, but when I was doing sort of research for this, it wasn't one of the singles from the album, also, which really surprised I, me. It is one of the more I I want I don't want to say catchy songs, but it is. Um, I guess it it does have like more momentum behind it, like yeah, uh, structure structurally, like the pacing is like it, if you're going to release a single off of a pensive, hushed album like this, this one is probably one you could do. He's fucking up even the simplest lies Say it's a sight that's quite worth seeing It's just that everyone's interest is stronger than mine When they clean the street, I'll be the only shit that's left behind Would you follow me down to the Rose Parade Won't you follow me down to the Rose Parade Won't you follow I do want to at this since you mentioned you were doing light research for this. I do want to just mention quickly how you had formatted your list <laughs> and sent it to me, and then was alarmed that nobody else had ever done that before. <laughs> and I thought that was really charming and really funny that you were like, I can't believe nobody has sent you a, a list formatted this way in the in the past, and I'm like, nope. Not at all. I'm lucky if I get the full song titles out of people. 
I'm, but then how I'm, do you know which version they want? That's the thing is then there's like a lot of back and forth and sometimes I pick the wrong one and I, we got to make a quick sub out while we're, we're, when we're recording and like it's yeah. So this is the most comprehensive anyone has ever been. Um, yeah, because sometimes there are different versions or the, if it's like an obscure YouTube video that I need to riff, I need to know which one it is. Exactly. Um, like some some live Frank Ocean song. <laughs> I don't know. Um. But yeah, that was that was just really like, that you were so thorough. When I was putting this together with the songs, I realized Rose Parade for a while. I I don't think it's my favorite Elliot Smith song, but uh, I really always used to like the line um, when they clean the streets. I'll be the only shit that's left behind. Yeah, I really like that line too. Yeah, that I think that was my about me on Facebook for a really long time. Like during oh, nice. a super dark, during a very dark period. So. You know the vibes, though. Um, yeah, I know the yeah. vibes. <laughs> uh, anything else about Elliot Smith uh, or either or or Rose Parade? Um, yeah, I was just I've been a huge Elliot Smith fan for a long time. Um, my best friend in high school, I remember she brought me she cut his obituary out of the newspaper and gave it to me after he died. And I still oh. have it. Oh, wow. Is it? It, did you like frame it or something or is it just like a yellowing no it's just like a little piece of newspaper okay that's cool that you hung on to that is that like yeah. on, the, on is that on the fridge or no like, okay it's it's in a little box okay because i'm afraid something will happen to it <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep that safe gotta protect it uh, you have to protect that obit that's that's really that's very that's thoughtful and kind of like a morbid way that she yeah was like here i saved this for you because she was cool. she was really obsessed with jeff buckley ah and so okay. then we like both had our deceased singer songwriter died yeah. yeah yeah uh are you still in touch with this friend um no okay okay are you facing because she doesn't do social media Okay. And I'm, as you know, pretty bad at correspondence, so. <laughs> you could send, uh, you could send her a letter or like a postcard. Yeah. Or like a, a, like a carrier pigeon with like a little message. <laughs> Still got that O bit. Hope you're doing well. Yep.
So we are now moving into uh, Radiohead. Yeah. And this was, uh, I was not surprised to see Radiohead on your list, but I was I was a little surprised that you had picked this song. So I'm I'm eager to hear why you have selected There There. Uh, also known in parentheses on the the MP3 as the Bony King of Nowhere, um, which was one of the alternate titles, I guess, of the song. But so this is from Hell to the Thief. And do you, uh, ha- when did you first get into Radiohead? Because I had so a very long discussion about Radiohead with my friend Joe the other day, and uh, so I'm always interested to learn at what point people kind of discovered the band and really like embraced what they were and what they were going to be this was the first radiohead album i heard was hail to oh. the thief oh wow and this is my favorite song from that record so i okay. think that's why i picked it and okay. i i really liked it because of um like the the political nature of it because before that the only political music i'd really heard was like 60s folk music and rage against the machine <laughs> And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, there's, like, other stuff out there, too. Yeah, this is a very political album. Held in the yeah. Place. It is their Los Angeles album. That's what they kind of refer to it as because it was recorded very quickly in a Los Angeles studio. It was kind of like an experiment to see if they could make an album very quickly. Um, So it's not – I think there's good songs on it, but it's not one of my – it's not, like, an album that I go to regularly with them. Huh, to, yeah. Is this one you still listen to? Like yeah. A lot of, okay. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's like it just gets. Hmm. I have not revisited this in a really long time, so maybe I should. But yeah, this is not one I ever think to put on, even though I like this song and I like a lot of the other songs off of it that weren't singles. Um. Like, I like. I guess in retrospect, the way that it bridges kind of the glitchy electronic nature and like the it is a, f- a band of five people playing instruments. Mm-hmm. Like there is a good uh, middle ground that they reach on this one where it's not too, too much one way. Right. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. What other, like, so where, from this album being the first one that you had heard, where did you go from there? Like how far did you work yourself back? So I went back, I think I went to the library and found, I think they had all of their older oh, albums. Shout out to the library. Yeah. Like, again, Freeport Public Library would not be, I don't think, unless unless the library got cool uh, in my hometown after a certain point. I like never, when I was in high school, flipping through the CDs, I never think I saw any Radiohead. Wow. Yeah. So, so whoever was the buyer for the they, media. They did a great job. Yeah, that's oh, shout out to them. Shout out to libraries. Um, yeah, shout so, out to libraries. So you you went back and got the whole the whole canon at that point. Yeah, and I was like, I cannot understand one word that this man is saying, but I really like this. I think. <laughs>
still listen to a lot of Radiohead, or is this kind of just like representative of a period in your life, and you have like they are a band you still think fondly of, or but have like moved on, or do you still put stuff like this on regularly? I still listen to a fair amount of Radiohead. Okay. Okay. And my husband really likes Radiohead too. That's kind of like one of the bands that we both really like. So when I'm picking is there music a big cross like around section? the house. Is there a big cross section of things the two of you like both like or is it Um just... ki- I mean we both like Radiohead and we both like Dune Hotel. Okay. And then that's And it, like Godspeed. Okay. But other than that it's like... And then it kind of diverges. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's okay. You can't all have the same tastes. It is okay. It is okay to like different things or to not care about popular music that much. And right. Yeah. So I like that's cool that you have a couple of things that you both can be like, yeah, this is yeah, all right. I I find that whenever I listen to Radiohead and I I always go on record as saying that they're my favorite band of all time i whenever i put them on and listen to them no matter what album it is i'm always just reminded that why they are my favorite it's just like a feeling that Mm -hmm. i get when i listen to it it's just uh especially like when i was listening to kid a a bunch recently there's just a couple of moments where i was like yep there it is that's that feeling as to like why i genuinely love them and have for so long yeah, because it was just the anniversary, right? It was. The start of October was the 20th anniversary of Kid A, um, which was, that made me feel very old. Because I, like, <laughs> have very, like, I mean, I was 17, and now 20 years have passed. And I still, like, it's still important to me, but it's also like, wow, that's a lot of time to yeah. reflect on something. I don't know it's why. classic rock was- now. You know, that's a lot to take, but also that, you know, there's a, there's like a guy I work with, he puts on like just streaming radio in the kitchen sometimes and he, he'll, he'll put on like a classic, uh, uh, I'm using air quotes right now, classic (laughs) rock station. And then I'm like, this is the Smashing Pumpkins. And he's like, but it's a classic rock station. And I'm like, I feel so washed. Like I like, come on, this is not classic rock. Classic rock to me is like Tom Petty. But Tom right. Petty has always been classic rock because it was it was that when I was a kid. So, but I I just have a hard time letting go and realizing that the things that I like have aged. In yeah. A, in a in a new uh, demographic, I don't know. Uh anything else about Radiohead or Hail to the Thief? Um. Or there, there. What is it about there, there specifically? Is it the like? Because this was the first single off of this album. Yeah. Um. And it had like a cool video, I remember. Oh, I don't remember the video. I think it's like kind of stop motiony, or it's like it's very surreal. And I think he's in a forest, maybe. I don't know. Their videos that when they were still right. making videos were pretty neat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is like of this off his album. I really like. I like this one, but I also I guess the um, I like the perco- like how much percussion is in it. Yeah, I really like the percussion on this one. And the snarling electric guitar, I think, like that carries it through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
This was one of the ones on your list that I was not. I mean, I obviously know who Cat Power is. I was never. I have listened to a, a couple of her songs, and I listened to her most recent album from what 2018. But I have not sat down with the greatest, and I was not really familiar with it. So I was doing a little bit of reading about it um, prior to starting. But so, have you been a Cat Power fan like for a long time? Oh yeah. Okay. Um like since the early days or since like uh like um, in the late 90s or like prob- when did you first discover Cat Power? I think it was probably the early 2000s like when I first started reading Pitchfork. Okay. <laughs> oh, Pitchfork. Whenever that was. Yeah. Do you still read Pitchfork? I mean, I think we've talked about this. Do you still look Occasionally? at Pitchfork? But okay. I usually I don't I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I do see some headlines and I don't I'm like these words are meaningless to me. I don't know who this is. I don't know I don't understand what is happening. I don't like I don't know what this album is. I feel like maybe I've aged out. Of- yeah, it used to be that if they reviewed an album that I'd never heard of, I would go and listen to at least one song. Yeah. And now, and now it's I- like no. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> um. So, uh, the the greatest. This is from. I think is this her two thousand six album? Yes. So, what is it about this one specifically? So this one, um, I I think this is a really good record, and I really like this song. Oh, I remember wow. it was my top listened to song in iTunes for a very long time when that used to be a thing. Um, how did 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 you just do like a play count thing? To see yeah, yeah. Okay. I wonder what mine is. I should check that. Maybe I don't. Yeah, but it, it was kind of my my go to song that I listened to whenever I was sad, and I would just listen okay. to it on repeat for like hours and hours and hours. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> is the whole is the whole album like this? Like, because this is really really pensive and somber and i was very captivated by it and it like le- left me with like a very haunted feeling the rest of the album is less less somber okay like she recorded okay. this with a bunch of session musicians in memphis i think yeah it's it's supposed to be like a soul-ish kind of inspired record according to what i had read and a lot she of the is- other songs are less less intense like Okay. She is a Chan Marshall is a fascinating individual. Like I reading about yeah. her and her like her problems with her label and like 
really struggling to like make the music that she wanted to and everything and like yeah i just i was reading a little bit about her i I mean i knew some of that stuff but i was just reading her backstory and it was just fascinating Did you like her last album that came out? Like whatever that was, was that not was really? Last? No, okay. that's not what I wanted—a cat power album. <laughs> and like, I I respect the fact that she's like, I've done, you know, albums like the greatest and moon picks and yeah. that sort of thing, and I'm gonna do something else now. And I think that's great for her, but that's just not what I'm interested in listening to particularly. Yeah. Yeah. You should send her a note. Be like, think of the listeners. <laughs> I need you to be sad. I need you to get on that right now. Yeah, be more sad. Um, <laughs> have another breakdown or something. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, yeah, that is. I want um, everyone to be happy. Yeah. Um. So anything else about Cat Power and The Greatest? No, I remember being really jealous of how husky her voice was. It is. It's really something. And it really works uh, on those covers that she does. Yeah. Like, she does that cover of New York, New York and Ramblin' Woman, like how smoky it is. Yeah. Is, uh, it's real. That's really something like I thought I thought my voice was going to start sounding like that when I started smoking and that never happened. So don't smoke, kids, because it won't it won't turn your voice into Chan Marshall. That is uh that is a a good lesson to take away from today's episode of the podcast. Because yeah. if you want uh smoky dulcet tones like Chan Marshall, it doesn't come from Siggy's. I don't nope. know where she. I don't know how she gets how she got this. Some people are just naturally in a in this kind of register. I think.
So we are moving into Camera Obscura now. Yes. And here, this is so that's a name that I have like seen in reading music news. This song specifically, I was so delighted to see this on here because this was a big uh popular song with public radio in the summer of 2009 and i heard it regularly and i loved it oh but really the, yes but this is the only camera obscura song that i am aware of or like that i have listened to and been like known that it was them but yeah i loved this song like a lot the, the yeah. year that it came out because i was like driving like i had a job where i was driving around a lot and this was like the summertime and we were like preparing stuff for our wedding and we had the radio on in the car a lot and this would come on all the time and i was like i really like this yeah it's very like sweeping it is it has like a lot of uh so this is my uh my maudlin career Mm -hmm. and this it reminds me a little bit of like kind of like a girl group feeling in the way the vocals are structured Mm -hmm. just a little bit though but it's also very like it's very contemporary um yeah it's kind of got that wall of sound thing yes yes it does it does um so are you tell me about camera obscura for like for somebody who doesn't know anything about them yeah so they are scottish indie pop music and they're often grouped together with bell and sebastian okay yeah, that's like the go-to Scottish pop bands. Yeah. Um, it's like impossible to read a review of anything Camera Obscura and not see the word twee. <laughs> I would never say that this is twee. I would never say that this is twee. I've also never said that word before. But yeah. um, but this is definitely not that. I don't think it is. It's not, it's not like cutesy enough. No. Um, or like whim- it's not whimsical. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think when I think of Twee, I think of something like mad whimsical. Um, And I think that the lyrically, it's kind of biting. Oh, yes. Like, I think Tracy Ann Campbell, the singer, she has this really sweet voice. But if you listen to the words, then it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, this is, this is pretty dark. Or at least kind of like serious. And the, (laughs) the, like, it's just, it's one of those great, this is like a great pop song in the sense that it dresses up something super heavy or at least like very like biting lyrics and lays them into this wall of sound girl groupy kind of sweeping grand thing based around a very infectious refrain right um that you kind of don't like unless you really sit down and think about it you don't really like analyze that closely you just kind of like coast along with it but then when you get into it you're like oh shit this is yeah pretty heavy duty um, there's a, there's another song on this album where she says this line that's like so you want to be a writer fantastic idea and it's just <laughs> <laughs> like the most epic burn yeah that's uh who i feel i did not expect to get cooked by <laughs> by uh, from a scottish pop song but that's yeah she's just roasting somebody there Oh, in your eyes, there's 
So do you, is Chimera, are they still together? Are they still a band, an active band? Kind of. I think they were in the process of putting an album together when COVID hit. Okay. Okay. But I know one of their founding members, I think, passed away a couple of years ago. So I think they took a break for a while. Okay. And I know Tracy Ann Campbell has other musical things. Okay. Musical Irons in the Fire. Okay. Yeah, this is art. Um, is this like your favorite song of theirs or is this? Yeah, okay. I would say okay. so. Okay. And so we've kind of lost a little bit of track of the time of everything. And so the greatest would have been 2006. So you would have been done with like, or still in college, getting done with college. Yeah. I think that was like last year of college. Okay. And then this is from 2009. So yes, yeah, so this is more like grad school years. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we are this, and so do anything else about Camera Obscura before we jump into this next one, which I'm, no. I'm very, very excited about? And this is the <laughs> one where there was as excited as you can be to talk about this. This is the one where there was cross the little bit of overlap with uh, the interview that I did with the other day. Oh. Uh, my friend, my friend Joe Goodkin, who is a singer songwriter out of Chicago, he picked um, "Farewell Transmission," but he did not pick the demo version. He picked oh. the reg the regular regular version. So 
Songs of Haya, Magnolia Electric Company, Jason Molina. You have picked the demo uh, from the 10th anniversary reissue of Magnolia Electric Company, A Farewell yes. Transition. So I'm I'm curious to find out why you picked the demo version, first of all. Um, so I had really liked this album and I, I didn't own it on vinyl. And so I was really excited when the, when the 10 year came around and they brought out the vinyl. And I just remember it came with, it was like a two CD set and the Mm -hmm. second CD was demo versions of all of the songs. Yes. And they're just so hauntingly sad that I could not stop listening to them. Yeah. I really like these demos a lot. Yeah, I've always really liked acoustic or demo versions of songs because they're always more sad. They are like, yeah, inherently they are. There is more of like a like a, a sad or like at least like a very haunting quality. When yeah, it's something very sparse. And these are about as sparse as you can get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have that. I have all that. Do you have the vinyl, the double LP of this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you buy, did you get like the whole set with like the t-shirt and the CD and the LP? I think I did. Okay. Yeah. I don't I think have I have the shirt it. anymore though. Oh, that is. I don't is know what awesome. happened to it. And what? Who I am and what? Listen. Listen. So the, 
Do you have the um? Do you have the Didn't It Rain reissue also? No. Okay. The demos for that are not as satisfying for some okay. reason, which is surprising. But um, so when have you? Were you a Jason Molina fan like from way back? No, or, I okay. didn't. I didn't know of him way okay. back. Okay. When did you get into him, and what iteration of his output? I don't even remember. I think it might have been in grad school when I was working in college radio. Okay. And I like to play some songs, Ohio. Okay. To bum everybody out. Liz and I had a radio show together. I know. I remember. She kind of talked about that a little bit um, during our our interview. Yeah. I bet that was a lot of fun. It was. The two of you banter and play tunes. Yeah. Is that when you two were living together also? We were, yeah. Us and our cats. <laughs> Was it like a nonstop laugh riot, like a sitcom? Kind of. Okay. Okay. But she was in law school and so she was very like busy with yeah. studying. Yeah. And I was less busy with studying. <laughs> and more busy tending to the cats. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so you got into what year like so this is this reissue came out at the end of 2013 and so would you have gotten into jason molina before this came out yeah okay i uh unfortunately discovered him like literally months before he died and oh so that no. was yeah and that was kind of like i was like oh no um but so i think that this reissue was like in the works before he passed away so this was not like a cash grab but do you is this your favorite Molina like work or which which way do you tend to go with him? Do you prefer songs Ohio? Do you prefer like Magnolia Electric? Do you like his two solo albums that are like super 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 sad and ghostly? Yeah, I really like those too. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one's probably my favorite. Okay. I do really like this demo version because he does the, what he says, listen, he uh-huh. says it more times in the demo and it's, it, it is, it's, it still has me shook. Like it is yeah. very like, it's like, yeah, there, I don't know that like the way he does it on the album version. Okay. He says it twice. That's like, it does leave you with a feeling. This is like, that feeling is going to stay with you for a very long time. The way it just kind of lingers and the sound, uh-huh. like the way he plays, he, the way he plays with the silence is really something um yeah i really wish i could have seen him in concert i guess he was really uneven because of his debilitating alcoholism especially at the end there but um yeah i guess i guess when he was on he was really on and he put on a really good show so i i kind of feel foolish for not having like accepted this earlier on like when it was there were chances for it to be introduced to me um but I don't know. I I love this whole album from start to finish. The yeah. electric album. There's not a bad song on here, and the demos are also like really impressive. Yeah, did it's kind re- of just different moods. Yeah, it is. Did you read his that biography about him? No. Years ago, riding with the ghost. It's a Was hard it read. It's okay. Um, it's very difficult in terms of the oh. depict the depiction of his decline. But it is informative uh, mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of his growing up 
and how he kind of built his career and how he was a very eccentric but well-meaning guy and um then just the alcoholism kind of came out of nowhere and then that was just like a couple of like a, a number of years until he just became inactive yeah all that yeah That's so um sad. yeah it is it, it was it, it like it's a it's an interesting book if you're a fan it is a very challenging book though to to read those like it's pretty graphic in terms of the way he treated people and oh kind of what yeah because his yeah he was pretty shitty to like his bandmates at the time and like his wife there they were like estranged and then he just kind of like kept trying to get better and it just wasn't working right um but so anything else about jason molina magnolia electric song uh before we move into the next one, do you consider this the last song Zahaya album or the first Magnolia Electric album? So I was trying to figure that out because when I was formatting my list, <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Yes, yeah, I get, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's the last song Zahaya record. Allegedly, there there are two. There are two schools of thought. Yes, there are. Um. I look at it as the first Magnolia Electric Company album. Okay. Just, based, just simply based on the way the music is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Didn't It Rain feels like the end of something. Like a very definite, like, this is the last song Zahaya album. Magnolia Electric, this feels like this is a new band. This is the start of something new. And so... I think the original release of this, it doesn't specify at all. Yeah, I don't it. think it specifies. I think I keep it, I think in my record collection, I keep it under M for Molina. Ah, okay. I I like that. I like that energy. I have this one, I think, under M for Magnolia. And it's not yeah. too far away from the, the M for Molina's. But um. Yeah, that's I just I asked that of my friend too and he was kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't really think about that. <laughs> but yeah, I that's thought what I guess. About so it. I, I was like, I don't know. Um, so the next song, yes. Civilian yes. by Y Oak, the title track to their, uh, this is from 2000, 
11. Mm-hmm. And this is like their big, I guess like, this is their third album. And I would say that this is probably their most well-known album because it kind of like took them out of, not indie obscurity, but they got a lot more opportunities after this one. I mm-hmm. think. And I but guess so, um, this song was used on The Walking Dead, apparently. That is what I heard. And I have never watched that show before. I so yeah, it's not that's not for me. Um and I don't want to see the guy from Love Actually attacking zombies. No. <laughs> I just want him to zip up that sweater really dramatically <laughs> the way he does in Love Actually. Um you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it syncs up perfectly with that Dido song. It's like a Oh yeah. It's a beautiful, like, like, Love Actually is one of the most problematic movies that I can name off the top of my head, but um, the way that that scene is set and the music supervision and that with the way uh, Here With Me by Dido syncs up perfectly with dude zipping up that sweater and storming off because he's all hot and bothered about Keira Knightley. It's a, it's a great moment. Yeah. Um, but so, have you, when did you get into Wyoke? Like, were you early into the, yeah, like, I was when they first came out. early days okay. with Y Oak. I heard their first album soon after it came out. And they played in Iowa City a couple of different times when I lived there. And so I got to see them a couple times. Okay. I have seen them twice. And I one time was right before The Knot came out. Mm. And then one time was right after Civilian came out. Um, and they were really... They, I sensed some tension during the civilian show, but they were, I think, in pretty good spirits during the show before the knot. It was at like a, it was at the Carlton, it was at a venue in one of the colleges in town. Oh, so they okay. Were, it was mostly just college students there, and then like me, who shouldn't be yeah. down there. But um, so, so uh, is in terms of, is this your favorite Y Oak album of their um, like at least their first three? I kind of go back and forth. I okay. This is probably my favorite song. Okay. Um, and I really like this album, and I also really like Shriek, which I didn't like it when it first came out, and then I really grew on me. I it's been a minute since I've listened to that one. Um, I do you still listen to them? Do you still follow them? Yeah. Like Jen's, mm-hmm. Jen's. Did you get that, or have you heard that EP that they put out like a couple? Yeah. Months ago, is it good? Um, okay it's okay it's It's okay (laughs) it's less my thing like i think it's good it's just not as much my thing do you listen to jen's uh vanity project flock of dimes i do i do i really like flock of dimes yeah i really like flock of dimes too
So I, what is it about Civilian, the song, that makes it your favorite Y Oak song, or at least a favorite song off this album? Um, I think it kind of sums up some feelings of like romantic relationships in your 20s where it's very like all or nothing. Like, I don't want to be your friend. I just want to be like obsessed with you. That's heavy duty. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I heard, um, I heard her talking on a podcast about how it's kind of hard for her because she wrote this song when she was fairly young and now it's like their most famous song. So people always want to hear it, but she doesn't really like playing it very much. <laughs> Just because it's I kind of emotional that. and intense for her. Yeah, I get it. Um, A lot of their songs are like that. There's a lot of uh, songs on this album that are like that. Yeah. This is a pretty dark album. Yeah, it um, is. And there's some stuff on the knot that's also pretty heavy in yeah. terms of it's, it's like it's the mat, like the thematic elements. Um, yeah, I was really into this album right when it came out and like the B side of it has like probably the darkest material on it. And I would mm-hmm. listen to that a lot. Um, Shriek, I was a kind of okay on there. The one after that. He has other group season too. He has other projects. He has a solo project. Is it good? Did you? I don't know. Okay. I haven't heard it. Okay. I'm glad that they still come together and like are still like Y Oak is still a relatively active group because I kind of. Yeah. I guess at times I've worried that they were going to like call it a day in terms of being pulled in other directions. Right. Well, they've been together for a very long time at this point. Anything else about Y Oak? Civilian, but the Baltimore mm. sound, the Baltimore sound of the 2000s, <laughs> them and Beach House. Oh, yeah. I forgot they yeah. were from Baltimore, too. Yeah. Be more represent. It was like me watching The Wire and just listening to Why Oak and Beach House. That was like my <laughs> late, my early 2010s, just immersing myself in that East Coast culture. 
Yeah, just all so, so similar. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's how the drug trade is hurting West Baltimore, and it's like sad white people music. It's, yep. I mean, they are <laughs> synonymous. I wake up feeling nothing, camouflage the waiting sky. I sit at my piano, wonder the wild we by. And the lilacs drink the water. In the lilacs day, in the lilacs drink the water, marking the slow, slow, slow passing of time. I get so angry, baby, at something you might say. I dream about an awful stranger, work my way through the day. I run it like a silent movie, I run it like a violent song. Running like a voice compelling, so right it can't be wrong. I'm a broken record, it in the dustbin. I fill myself back up like I used to do. And if my bones are made of delicate sugar, I won't end up anywhere good without one we are getting to is very recent yes uh in in terms of both your its release and where it's falling in your musical autobiography uh autobiography this is waxahatchee and i can't thank you enough for turning me on to this album because this is such a good record and i i had never really sat down with her stuff before and i love that the genuine earnest twang and kind of like freewheeling reckless like country feel to this record it's a good late summer album it is Uh, but now we are in fall and it might not hit as hard yeah so you when we were talking about this um when it came out you have been a waxahachie a waxahachie fan for since like the beginning right like you've followed her career i don't um, know about like the beginning the the beginning but for for a good five ten years a good chunk of the time okay yeah. wow okay um and she so she had a band with her sister and it was called like p.s elliot have you mm-hmm. ever, did you ever are they did have you listened to that i have not ever i have it's sort of i haven't listened to them in a while i know okay. they were both sort of in like the philly music scene i'll drop down in the fold leaning to an urgent spin silence in the Running like the crappy kids, running like a dilettante, running like I'm happy, baby, like I got everything I want. I'm a broken record, in the dust, babe. I feel myself back up like I used to do. And if my bones are made of delicate sugar, I won't end up anywhere good without you. seemed like she was a lot happier now than she had been before and I was like oh 
sad for music is incredibly sad. Yeah, you had mentioned that. You had said it was like dead. In the lilacs drank the water. Yeah. yeah, this album is like, it's dark. In the lilacs drank the water. Yeah. totally sold on it i don't even think the first song was done and i was like yeah i'm on board with this like the way it, it hits this weird groove and it is yeah i don't know it's just like i was really impressed and i hadn't heard anything like it in a long time so you picked lilacs though off of yes. this. Is this your favorite song off of this um, album yeah probably it... okay what is it about this one specifically um i I like the, I like it musically. And I also, I like her, some of her lyrics are just really, I don't know the word I want to use. There's really beautiful. There's this part in the song where she says, lean into an urgent falter and spin silence into gold. And I just thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. She can turn a phrase. There are yeah, a lot she of sure like, can. really, there are a lot of really impressive like the imagery uh mm-hmm. as, it, as it progresses especially to the to the end uh she is a very vivid songwriter which re- i think the music also lends itself to that kind of like honest uh very vivid songwriting but yeah there's a lot of really like kind of head turning lines yeah that are like really impressive yeah i'll drop down in the fold Lean to an urgent falter, spin silence in the gold. I run it like the crop of kismet, I run it like a dilettante. I run it like I'm happy, baby, like I got everything I want. Find a broken record, write it in the dust, Know, this song just kind of makes me think of living in the country yeah i was just gonna say like this is big <laughs> uh big country energy and you do live yeah. like, in the middle of nowhere now so this is like kind of probably feels very homey when you have it it on and you're looking outside and there's just fields everywhere it's very yeah. picturesque where your where your house is from the photos you share around the socials yeah it's very pretty and i have some ducks and they're adorable they're They're good they're going through they're going through the changes (laughs) big changes they're going through puberty (laughs) (laughs) 
They grew, your ducks grow up so fast. It just seems like yesterday you were like, yo, I got these ducks, and they're small and fuzzy, and now it, you got these, like, pubescent teenage ducks. Yeah. And it's funny because the males lose the ability to quack. Oh. But the oh. females don't. Mm. And so well, we have, I think, I think we have three females and nine males. So it's pretty quiet then now is what you're saying. Except that the three females are very loud. <laughs> okay. Well, I was like, do the, do the, men, do the boy ducks really need to like, do, do they have the, a right to say anything? Do men need to say things? Mm, no, not really. No, they're like, like, we're going to keep it funky. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not like duck men's rights activists. <laughs> No, the women are definitely the leaders of okay, the ducks. Okay, you don't have a bunch of incels living in your, in your garage. Are they still living in the garage? Yeah. Okay. They have quite a lot of space in there, though. Okay. How? Yeah, you have such a menagerie. You've got your cats and your doggos and your ducks. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, and you're, you're, you got your farm, your crops, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, oh, have, you in, have you been in the house for like a little over a year now? Yeah, I moved yeah. here last summer. Okay, okay, that's ex- it's so exciting. Like, because it's just like there's probably something new happening all the time in terms of like things outside. Yeah, the, the leaves. The turning. ladybugs are out again. Yeah, we got that here too. But you probably have that like way more living in the country. Yeah. Uh, how is the leaf peeping in your area? Oh, it's beautiful. Big leaf peeping energy. Big leaf peeping energy. <laughs> I went to an apple orchard last weekend, and it was just—it was very autumnal. I, I bet. Um, pick a lot of apples. What kind of apple? What's your go? What's your what's your favorite fall apple? Go. Ooh, um, Honeycrisp. Okay, that is like that's uh that's a Midwest favorite apple. That's Northfield, yeah. Minnesota's favorite apple. We can't keep those in at work. People love them. They're good I, for baking. I've never baked with them before. Um, I really like the keepsake, which is like a late fall apple. Oh. Um, it's very sweet and very crunchy. Okay. And yeah, yeah. And then also the uh, sweet tango is okay mm. in a pinch. But I'm really holding out for that, that keepsake. And the Kinder Crisp. Kinder Crisp are also good. They're very small. Oh. Yeah. You can just have a couple at once cut them up right and have them with some sunflower seed butter and you uh you got a snack there you got a good afternoon snack i i like a granny smith okay i mean that's like, kind of have, a basic apple but yeah i mean i when i think of fall apples i think of the like the ones that are only available certain times right that we haven't like, right we, we have been large quantities right now in my workplace like the yeah. regent or the harrelson or the sweet 16 there's all these like names and i'm just like yo we have way too many apples that's too many kinds where where is the apple like how far was the apple orchard from your um home? it was like a half an hour Okay, that's not too bad of a drive for an apple yeah. orchard. Yeah, there's two apple orchards in oh. the same town, are they, like a half are they, hour away. Are they rival orchards? I don't know. One of them seemed very child-focused, like it had okay. a lot of children's activities and things, and the other one had a massive beer garden. So I think they're kind of going for different demographics. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, I, yeah, okay, that's... <laughs> But one of them has really good donuts, and the other one has really good caramel. You gotta so you got to go to them both. 
both. You gotta go both. Yeah, you gotta hear both sides. Man, I do kind yeah. of miss apple cider donuts. Those are those really hit. Yeah. Yeah. My husband Ooh. had never had them before, and he was kind of skeptical, and I I convinced him. What? That's yeah. wild. That's. I know. How is he not from the Midwest originally? No, he's from Iowa. How have you? How did he grow up in the Midwest and not have apple cider donuts in the fall? I don't know. Deprivation, okay. I guess. I was like, that's bad parenting yeah. on the part of somebody. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Now that we, this has just turned into a podcast about fall apples. Uh, <laughs> coming soon, Apple Chat, <laughs> a new podcast. Um, anything else about Waxahachie and or Saint Cloud? Or lilacs before we wrap up, wrap up the podcast. No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. Um, the other question that I asked people, uh, and maybe we kind of touched on it just a little bit with talking about how you were introduced to folk music at a very young age. Do you have like an early musical memory that you can go to, like your first musical memory, like a memory that involves like you being very young and attached to a specific song or an artist? I remember being very young and sitting in the basement of our house and we had these like movement to music records where it was kind of like guided dance for children. I think they were from like the sixties or seventies, but I would just listen to those. <laughs> did you do the dances or did you just sit and listen? Yeah, I do the dances. Okay. We see just like you as a kid flailing around in the basement. Yeah. Okay. Is it like instructional, like the cha-cha slide where it tells you to jump to the left and clap your hands or like what kind of inst- like what kind of it was kind of like be light and floating like the flute oh the okay wow part. so that's yeah that's not <laughs> that's, that's really it's very interpretive yeah it was very interpretive dance was it like a time life series <laughs> it might have been and i tried to find the records again because i kind of wish i had them and i can't i can't find them you got to get on Discogs and look that up. And yeah. Somebody is selling them. Or get in my parents' basement. You think that your family, there. your family might still have those? Yeah, it's possible. Okay. <laughs> that would be a good find if you if you had that, especially now with a child on the way. You exactly. Could be like, All right, baby, we're gonna do some flailing around now. Yep. Be, flailing be light, around. Be light like the flute. Go. Do this. <laughs> get to it um that that is it thank you so much for taking time out of your friday night to chop it up with me and to come up with a very uh, elaborate list of tunes that was sent uh in a very uh organized fashion <laughs> with all kinds of uh information that you said that that's ML- how, that's how librarians M- do mla that was the the format yeah. you used mm-hmm. Shout out to MLA. Um, that was it was big, big organization energy, and I appreciated it. I was just like dying of laughter, especially when you were like, "What? No one else has ever done this." Come on. <laughs> and then I couldn't get the hanging indent to work. Yeah, you were you were very frustrated about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Um, thank you again for for doing this, for being willing to do this, and to talk to me remotely via this service that I'm using. I'm I'm very appreciative. Of yeah, you. thanks. Taking time, taking time to to put all this together and to talk. Thank you so much. Yeah.